When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast, so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. We're going to talk about uh, this £750 million announced by the yeah. Chancellor Rishi Sunak uh, for charities betting them out. But first of all, I do just want to ask you, uh, first up, just in terms of the issue of lockdown, front page of every paper today, uh, whether or not this COBRA meeting is going to announce a meeting today, chaired by Dominic Raab, uh, standing in uh, for the Prime Minister, whether we are going to see a lockdown extended, not just for like another week or two, but well into next month. Yes, well, the, the first thing to say is uh, I'm sure, like all of your listeners, this wasn't the bank holiday weekend we were planning. It's going to be a lovely, sunny bank holiday weekend. We won't have the opportunity to get away or to, to meet up with, with friends or family. Uh, the government is continuing to advise people to stay at home, and that's in order to protect the NHS and to, to save lives. And this strategy is beginning to work. We're not seeing the sort of acceleration we would have expected. So now is the moment to, to stick to the course. But we always said when we announced these measures three weeks ago, we would review them periodically on a, a three-week rolling basis. So COBRA today will make a decision as to how to conduct that review, and that review will take place next week. But to be clear, the advice remains that people should be staying at home and only leaving our home for those limited circumstances that we've set out. For example, uh, if they can't work from home in order to work, in order to exercise, to get medical supplies, or in order to um, to get essential items such as, as food shopping. That, that, that remains the advice, but we did say that we'd review it on a rolling three-week basis and COBOL would determine that process today. Okay, uh, well, uh, we shall aw- await any uh, outcome from that. Let's talk about what Rishi Sunak announced yesterday, £750 million funding for charities. But we know that charities are facing a shortfall of £4 billion in total. Um, is £750 million going to be enough? Well, first of all, uh, as you say, £750 million is a, is a very big and uh, uh, important package. All charities can take advantage of the measures that we've already announced for businesses. So, for example, furloughing or taking uh, advantage of VAT uh, relief. But I know that lots of charities are delivering frontline services as part of the national effort to deal 
both directly with COBRA or with the, the consequence or of COVID or the consequences of it. That's why we've announced this £750 million fund. It will be used both, for example, for charities such as hospices. We'll be getting £200 million to help on their frontline delivery. We're working across government departments to allocate that. We've also got a chunk of uh, over £300 million, which we'll administer through the National Lottery Communities Fund for those smaller charities doing vital work on the ground to help with the, the COVID relief. But in addition to that, we want to match the outpouring of generosity that we've seen from the British public. The National Emergencies Trust has already raised £20 million. We've said we've matched that. But also I know that the uh, BBC are planning the big night in, working with both uh, children in need and comic uh, uh, relief and sport relief. And we've said that we will match any funds raised from that. So it's all of us coming together to support charities. I know it's not as much as as uh, they may have wanted, but I think this is a really important set of measures. Um, there's also a concern, I mean, particularly smaller charities uh, where they you know, just are unable to keep going at all uh, with, without uh, people being able to, say, buy things from their shops or to do fundraising uh, at, at events uh, when people are on lockdown. But there's also concern about some of the larger charities, uh, huge, huge, huge multi-million pound charities. Lots of them do a lot of good work, but a lot of them also have many, many millions, in some cases, hundreds of millions of pounds uh, in reserve. Is there an argument that actually charities shouldn't get any benefit Fit from this unless or until they've used up their reserves. I mean, this is exactly why uh, uh, we, we expect charities to have reserves. It's thought that UK charities have reserves uh, it's totaling something like £50 billion. Yes, well these measures are designed for charities in two respects. First of all, they're actually delivering services on the ground that we are asking them to deliver to help with the response to the coronavirus. So for example, people suffering from mental health and we've provided money for that. But we're also saying for some of those smaller charities, if they are running out of uh, money and they are they are facing that they we still need them to be delivering uh, services, they can rely on this fund, particularly through the National Lotteries Community Fund, but we'll, we'll establish strict criteria for that. So it will only be if charities can't get resources elsewhere that they can rely on it. So, of course, charities uh, who have reserves should be using those reserves during this difficult period. And just before I let you go, um, Carl Turner, the Labour MP, has actually just got in touch with me saying, please ask uh, Oliver Dowden what representations you've made to the Treasury to save rugby league. He says it's in real danger of collapse. We focus so much, haven't we, upon footballers and whether or not they should pay uh, a percentage of their salary or take a pay cut uh, for charity and the like. But what about rugby league? Well, well, do do thank Carl for that message, and I will try and get back to him uh, directly. On, on Rugby League, uh, the Sports Minister and I are actively working uh, with Rugby League to see how we can support them through this difficult period. OK, and in terms of the Premiership stars uh, pledging £4 million to their local NHS hospitals, uh, do you welcome that? Yeah, it's a brilliant move, and well, well, well done to them. Uh, the f- football uh, were the first people to come knocking at my door uh, offering support and this is just another example of the fantastic work that they're doing alongside things like you, know, you saw Marcus Rashford raising £20 million for children on preschool meals, many other measures so they're really stepping okay. up to the plate and that's great thank news. You. Thank you very thank much you. indeed Culture Secretary Oliver Dowd and very much appreciate that Online on DAB and on the Talk Radio app Talk Radio
Right now, though, let's talk about one of the other key issues, other than when we are going to finish this lockdown. Uh, not soon is the answer, is the issue of testing, because we're not going to come out of lockdown until we do actually have the ability to test for not just the antigen test that people will have. You got it right now to keep people on the front line but the antibody test whether you perhaps have had the virus maybe not even have known you've had the virus maybe like me you've had a lot of the symptoms felt pretty unwell had the the fatigue and the cough and all of that but you, you don't know for sure not 100% that you've had the virus in which case you are then not only unable to well, hopefully to catch it again but also unable to pass an infection on but how do we go about ramping up that testing well uh, Matt Hancock uh, last week announced uh, as health secretary that he planned to get testing up to 100,000 a day that's antigen and antibody testing by the end of this month. Is he, though, going to achieve that? Well, let's talk to Thomas Meany. He's co-founder of Open Cell Laboratories, which has developed high-throughput uh, COVID-19 emergency labs uh, using lab automation to increase testing capacity. Good morning to you, Thomas. Hi, good morning. Hi. Um, um, there was a lot of optimism when uh, Matt Hancock gave his uh, press conference last week and said, look, we, we are going to get on top of this testing issue. Here are the reasons why we've not been able to do it today. This is what we're doing, basically banging heads together, bringing in, you know, not just public health England, but the private labs, the university labs, hospital labs, everyone working together. And we are going to, you know, upgrade this. Um, but there is a real concern that he can't achieve this. What have you been doing at your labs, where, which has uh, helped you to, uh, you know, upgrade your testing capacity? Yeah. Um, well, well, thanks so much for having me. Um, we were also uh, very, very excited about hearing about this. It, it had been um, been delayed, and uh, we were we were delighted to see that that industry was being pulled in. So, what we'd been doing over the last, um, I suppose, but you know, very early on in in, in January, and and then uh, with more. Uh, vigor coming into March was uh, scaling up our shipping container laboratories and adapting them to be specialist um, COVID testing labs. So what that kind of means uh, in practice is that we fitted them with specific instruments called qPCR machines or polymerase chain reaction machines. So very specialist optical instrumentation for testing for the COVID virus. And then using these robots, these kind of, if you've ever seen them on the news, these little liquid handling robots that move liquids around so that you can run the assays really, really quickly, about 100 times faster than if you were to do it by hand. Wow, that's, that's incredible. So when you're talking about shipping containers, you're basically talking about effectively parking a lorry in a car park uh, and being able to sort of do, you know, have people be tested and just run those tests at an extraordinary rate. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, now, in fairness, uh, it's it's very close to a car park. It's actually the, the site that we've proposed for this um, 80,000 laboratory uh, capability or 80,000 test capability laboratory um, is actually uh, just behind the British Library site. Uh, it was a real... Um, this is in delight. central London, obviously, and that's very uh, much uh, near King's Cross. Yeah. Well, it's just uh, between the British Library and the Crick, um, there yeah. was due to be a development there. There's a, a blank piece of land, uh, and there was due to be a development there in about five years. Um, the British Library was really understanding um, of, of the emergency. We talked very in detail with the developer there, um, Stanhope, and they were very kind and very understanding and saying, look, if this needs to be adapted for um, a shipping container. For this emergency, so, you can do it. But uh, so have you been in conversation? Conversations with the Department of Health, with the with CDO people or surrounding Matt Hancock uh, about being able to carry out these tests. I think re realistically, what's been happening that, in fairness, behind the scenes has been brilliant is um, a, a lobby group, Med City, as well as the um, 
the Bio Industry Association for, for the UK have really been kind of coordinating and liaising with the right. different groups. I think the truth is that up until now, and, and, and the honest truth is that up until now, public, public Health England doesn't really chat that often to, to the upper levels of government at this kind of emergency scale. So um, bringing that together to a almost hourly conversation level has, has been just an amazing... Uh, I, mean, I, I have to say, I, I think one of the big uh, discussions that's going to be after all this is over is, is Public Health England's role in all this, I have to say. I'm not entirely sure they have covered themselves so far in glory in terms of a joined-up thinking and, and using all of the, the best you know, facilities available around the country. But there is an issue about not just capacity for testing, and it looks like you can do that. The issue also is accuracy now we know that the antigen test so you know have you know what you go into hospital right now you, have you got the coronavirus right now or not that test is very accurate it's done in a lab and, and the like um but this sort of pre, this finger prick test um uh, 50 minute test in terms of uh, the accuracy of that for antibody testing very big issues with that one unlikely to show anything until four weeks after your any first signs of infection if you've had any uh two um the, we know that these tests uh, are showing up some, a huge failure rate, far too many false negatives, far too many false positives. And as every expert has said, you know, no test is better than a bad test. Um, how soon do you think it's going to be until we get a test that can be accurate and therefore reliable and something we can use as a route out of the lockdown? Look, I mean, you know, in, in fairness, I think what's challenging for public health is, look, I, I'm, I'm often bemoaning how, how slow it is. But at the same time, you know, if you're sitting in that hospital and, and you've got a needle in your arm, you want to be 100 percent sure that that drug or whatever it is, is absolutely safe with beyond a shadow of a doubt. So that's their role. You know, their role is to be super, super careful and the just in cases and everything like that. So I think in, in fairness, you know, they've even admitted that they're, they're tough to, to enter into. But that's because they're here to, to protect us from, from harm. And, and I think um, just in terms of the, the testing accuracy for those pinprick tests that you talk about, they're, they're often used uh, kind of a lateral flow strip technology, similar to what you find in the pregnancy test, if, if, you, yes. if you've ever used one. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I haven't had the privilege myself, but someday I hope. Um, but what what, um, what what that technology is, does is really just immobilizes these these antibodies into a small um, nanoparticle of, of of gold usually, and 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 then puts them in a, a little line. So then you sort of see as your as your urine or fluid passes through, the line will change color if you've got that uh, affinity, that kind of affinity uh, for for those those antibodies. And and the problem with that is is you have this this counterbalance between specificity. So does it pick up just any old thing that comes through and then of course whether it's sensitive so you know i i you know the dream is that it, it picks only coronavirus which is hard and then um you also want it to pick it out every single time and that's also even harder so you have to have a balance there and i think it's going to come down to a really really challenging engineering design um, and, and, and it, it is tough and it's, it's not my area of expertise, but I, I can see why, you know, this technology is, is taking a little while longer. Yeah, it's, it's rather more complicated than perhaps a lot of us would have uh, thought or indeed hoped. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Good morning to you, David. A very good morning to you, Julie. Uh, lovely to speak to you. Well, I mean, I wish we were speaking under happier circumstances. We're all still on lockdown, facing a beautiful Easter weekend. Sun is going to be shining and we're all going to be stuck in our homes. But um, as uh, the, uh, the politicians and uh, many of the leading medics in the NHS have been saying, never has it been more important that we do obey those lockdown restrictions. Yes, that's absolutely right. You know, the next seven days is probably the most critical in the whole of this uh, coronavirus epidemic. So we've seen these figures yesterday, 938 new deaths. And actually, I heard one of the other commentators saying that, that actually this is good news in a way because the increase hasn't been as marked as we first thought it might be, which shows the social isolation and the distancing is working. But the worry is obviously if people then think, well, actually, the curve is flattening, which is the thing that we said we want to do, they then go out and then uh, don't maintain that social distancing, then we're going to see a rise in cases. So we're at a critical point, a pivotal point, and we really need everyone to stay at home and enjoy things that you wouldn't normally do. Stay at home and protect uh, the NHS and save lives. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a crucial thing. We're seeing these, this daily death toll yesterday, 938 deaths across the UK. It's the biggest daily total we've had. It's also the biggest daily total of any European country uh, so far. It brings our total number of deaths to 7,097. Of course, we know there's a time lag in terms of uh, uh, deaths being registered and being collated and being confirmed as being related to COVID-19. Um, but th- there is a lot of good news in that number as well, isn't there? It is doubling every four and a bit days, four, almost four and a half days, back back in March, although we were talking about much, much lower numbers, it was doubling every two days. So the key thing is we are not seeing that exponential growth that we were seeing. And we're also seeing not uh, no exponential growth in the new infections. Indeed, they've fallen by a quarter. Uh, and we are starting to see hospital admissions plateaued because that's, that's, the, isn't it? The, the, that's the timeline, isn't it? There's going to be infections, there's going to be hospitalisation, and then those who end up in ICU and those who very sadly lose their lives. And we are going to see those numbers playing out over the coming days and weeks. Yes, I think that's absolutely right. You know, this is extraordinary. And I've never seen anything quite like it in my entire life. You know, and the fact is the public have bought into this. The issue is going to be whether we can maintain public solidarity, because I think, you know, to have been given three weeks to lockdown is fine. But the government's going to have to make some very swift decisions about what we do going from here. But you're absolutely right. So those curves are plateauing. But actually, we are following pretty much the trajectory of other countries like Italy and Spain. Now, they're ahead of us. And the This morning, Spain is looking at trying to release some of its lockdown in the next few weeks, as is Italy, as is some of some other European countries. But we're not quite there yet. I think there is one other really important thing to say, which is that and many of my colleagues are saying this across the NHS. the, uh, The hospitals are eerily quiet from other services so that if you are seriously ill and non coronavirus related, if you need treatment, if you need your cancer therapies, make sure you talk to your doctor make sure you actually go to your appointments because obviously other illnesses don't wait for coronavirus to disappear. And this has been a real concern, hasn't it? Because we know not just uh, in terms of cancer services, we've seen some reports of people who've been told that their uh, their, their treatment, their chemotherapy is not going to continue. Now, if there is a case that actually people have got, you know, dropped immune, uh, immunity and that perhaps their treatment could wait until a safer time, that's one thing. But there is a real concern that the focus, the unremitting focus uh, of the government and the NHS and Public Health England and everyone just on this one issue will mean that other other uh, ailments, other diseases are, will, and other treatments will fall by the wayside and and often those will be treatments of people who I mean this, these are horrible things to talk about but they are the reality of where we are with rationed health care that, that actually uh, we you know there are other people who may well have a better chance of surviving yeah, absolutely. And you see, the um, issue is, how are we going to pick up after coronavirus has dissipated? So the point is, if you've got all these operations that have been cancelled, elective procedures, you've got people with chronic long-term illnesses, it's actually going to be incredibly difficult to turn that ship around. And I think there are going to be some fundamental changes to the NHS. One of the things that I think has really been very exciting is the recall of professionals such as medical doctors like myself who've actually been brought into the front line because if we can then use this going forward if we have sort of a reserve army a dad's army if you like of medics of retired medics of retired nurses and so on I think that could be very uh, very fortuitous it could be fantastic that we could roll it out much faster because I think uh, bodies like the General Medical Council obviously have never seen anything like this before have then fast-tracked licensing back but actually we're now in a position 
position to think, right, if there is and when there is another global pandemic, how can we be best prepared? So maybe there is a sort of a silver, a silver lining to this cloud. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much indeed for joining us, Dr. David uh, Bull. Uh, he's back on the front line as a doctor, you know, well, as a TV presenter, of course, as a Brexit party MEP for those months as well. Thank you very much for joining us. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.